Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good evening and welcome to Who's Your Other Podcast. I am your host, Sammy Jacobs, along with us is co-host TJ Inman. And uh, there has been a lot of Indiana football news lately uh, in terms of coaching coaching changes, the transfer portal, uh, we knew it would be a busy offseason, uh, but man, I did not see uh, Kevin Peoples leaving, who was the defensive line coach, and Kevin and uh, Charlton Warren. I know people want Kevin Warren to leave too, but Charlton Warren leaving uh, as the defensive coordinator heading over to North Carolina. So we do have a lot of impact. Uh, Players come in through the transfer portal as well. Connor Basilak, the quarterback from uh, Missouri, uh, committed to IU. And then you had two linebackers as well commit. So it, it is going to be a busy show. We hope to have Matt Weaver on to discuss all this. If not, it'll just be uh, TJ and myself. Uh, TJ, how are you doing? Uh, number one. Number two, uh, is this a busier offseason? than you expected for Indiana. We expected a busy offseason, but it's a little bit busier than we expected. Yeah, uh, doing very well. Uh, thanks, everybody, as always, for listening. Uh, we are recording this one day after uh, the 2021 uh, college football season wrapped up with uh, a pretty fun title game and, uh, you know, a new champion that was, uh, I, I think, what stood out the most about that game, not that we're going to do analysis, you come here for IU talk, but what stood out the most, and it, it kind of relates to um, Indiana, is the speed of those two teams stood out to me. Um, I'm not talking about just skill position, guys. I'm talking about all over the place. Uh, the speed, along with just the massive human beings playing on the defensive line, uh, for Georgia, but uh, the speed of, of those defenses, um, that just jumped off the screen. We knew it was going to, that, that, that was no surprise, but Indiana has really addressed that on the whole with the recruiting class that they're bringing in, which I think is, is huge. I'm not at all suggesting, oh, they're going to be as fast as Alabama or Georgia. No, but I do think it's going to be a much quicker team uh, based on guys that they brought in. Um, as far as the how busy this offseason has been, I think everybody was hopeful that there would be changes at at least two spots. And I say everybody, I should say most people were hopeful there'd be changes at two spots. One of them, offensive coordinator, that happened very quickly. Uh, we discussed Walt Bell before, so we won't go there. Number two was offensive line coach, Darren Hiller. Best we can tell, uh, it's going to be retained and stay on staff. Um, I don't think anybody was really expecting uh, a, 
a change at defensive coordinator or at defensive line coach. I think it's fair to say that those two spots, Kevin Peoples and Charlton Warren, I think it's fair to say the jury was still definitely out um, on those guys. Uh, short tenures here, and I, I, I was a bit underwhelmed so far uh, with what they had done. However, it's hard to pin last year's defensive performance on any one entity. Uh, it's hard to pin it on the defensive line, even though we can look and say, man, there wasn't much of a pass rush. And looking at advanced statistics like stuff rate, um, you know, which kind of measures your success in, in short yardage situations as a, a line, it was really poor. I mean, IU was bottom third and, and you know, sub 100 in a, a couple of those key defensive line metrics. But how much of that is Kevin Peoples' fault? Hard to say. The defense, you know, definitely did not get as many takeaways as they did in, in the year prior um, and basically regressed across the board in statistical categories. And I don't think you can point to very many individuals and say, yeah, they were much better in 2021 than they were in 2020 on the defensive side of the ball. But how much of that was Charlton Warren's fault? Hard to say. The defense was put into very tough spots by the offense repeatedly. So at some point, they understandably get demoralized. The stats look worse than what the defense actually was. There were injuries. So very hard to say, but I think it's fair to assess it as underwhelming thus far. However, not a position that you expected IU to make a move on, and, and they didn't. Uh, by all accounts, Kevin Peoples left for Missouri um, just as a, you know, a move to the SEC. You understand that for sure. And then Charlton Warren, I think, uh, never quite seemed like a fit uh, with the rest of this staff. Um, and it manifests itself in him kind of looking for a, a mutual way out. Um, I don't want to suggest he was fired because there was no indication that he was. But it does work out for Indiana because I don't think that that was going to be a good long-term fit at defensive coordinator. And IU doesn't have to pay the buyout money. So, in short, yeah, it's a surprise that this has happened, um, but I do think it could be a very fortuitous turn of events for the Hoosiers because I think there's quite a bit uh, to be excited about with uh, the hire of, of uh, you know, staffer from Minnesota that's had a lot of success, uh, Chad Wilt coming in as new defensive coordinator, and while IU hasn't made the official announcement, it appears He'll be coaching linebackers, which leaves uh, defensive line coach spots still to be filled. Uh, I think that there's quite a bit to be excited about just with that change. And I, I can't say that I'm, you know, broken up about either of those two guys departing. Yeah, I, I just found it more shocking. I didn't expect it. I know people would are clamoring for more, uh, more moves, especially on the, the offensive side of the ball. But, um, you know, it's 
it is what it is. But yeah, it didn't seem like Charlton Warren wanted to be at IU. Uh, that was made very clear on um, with a tweet from uh, from Kevin Wright. Uh, yeah. You know, it kind of. I don't even think it was a veiled shot. That was a clear shot across the bow. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. to people and, and things like that. As far as um, Chad Wilk coming in, he's coming in from, from Minnesota. I think, um, you know, he, he's had success. He's never had a defensive coordinator uh, name, you know, title to his name. He has been a special teams coordinator and a recruiting coordinator. But, um, you know, and I was looking up the statistics for the, for the Minnesota defensive line, they had eight sacks in 2020 uh, and he's been there for two years in 2020, all by the defensive line. uh, And then they had 25 uh, last year. Now the the numbers and where they rank in the big 10 are not going to, you know, knock people's socks off. But if you look at the talent that they have, uh, he's bringing in talent. IU has he's brought in talent there. Uh, he could develop that talent. He's put guys into the NFL at, at every stop, uh, I believe, as well. So, you know, we'll see. And I, I think having a defensive head coach like Tom Allen um, who can – I don't want to say hold your hand because that's kind of like not like a football thing. But, you know – kind of walk you through, this is how I want my defense run. This is what we're going to do. Um, and kind of have that, uh, you know, hey, we're not going to run this this play here and play calling experience and all that stuff. Maybe Allen is, is more involved in the defense because with Charlton Warren, it, the defense is solid early on. And, and I get they got worn down, but they – it was not like Kane and Kane uh, when Ken Womack was calling plays. It was they it looked like they tried to go straight up uh, against offenses and things like that. And that's just not a recipe for success at IU. You're going to have to put in some, and you, you saw it on the offensive side of the ball. And we, we've seen it for, you know, forever at IU on the offensive side of the ball, uh, outside of some of the Mallory errors. You can't go straight up against power Big Ten football teams at IU and, and expect to win. You, you have to disguise blitzes, become creative, do something. Because, yeah, IU's recruiting much, much better um, and at an all-time high, but they're still not recruiting at the level of Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Penn State, and, and those teams. And you got to give yourself an edge somewhere, and that's going to be coming in. In, uh, in scheming and coaching. So hopefully, um, you know, for, for Tom Allen's sake, that this this is the, one of the hires that works out. We'll see who they get on the, the defensive line coach. Uh, it could – I'm surprised that he's coaching linebackers because that could have yeah. been one of those, you know, two-for-one hires that maybe frees up some money. And, look, I know people want Darren Hiller gone. I don't think he's leaving um, this year outside of somebody to come poach him. But I also think, look, we, we've hammered uh, Hiller a lot, and I, I think he is part of the problem on the offensive side of the ball. But I think a lot of the criticism 
um, is overly harsh. Uh, I, you know, the, the offensive line played poorly and things like that, but it's not the first time in the history of college football or football at any level that an offensive line is played poorly and it's up to your offensive coordinator to come up with plays and, and do that. And Nick Sheridan didn't, and he paid the price. So let's get to uh, the players uh, who are coming in, TJ. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. On, yeah, one thing on Chad Wilt, um, the, or a couple of things, really. You look at the players he's coached, and I'm not going to say, oh, they are in the NFL because of him. But, you know, he's a part of their success. That's, that's what a coach does. He takes a guy with tools and helps him maximize those tools. At Ball State, Jonathan Newsom uh, drafted in the fourth round, if I'm not mistaken, um, goes to Maryland, uh, coaches Darius Kilgo, NFL player, and Yannick Ngakwe, very good NFL player. Uh, and Ngakwe was uh, all Big Ten first team when, when Chad Wilt was there. He was a monster uh, for Maryland in 2015, um, helped. Army, which is, you know, not an easy place uh, to get really good defensive linemen, but they had the number eight total defense when he was coaching there. Even in Minnesota, um, you know, their top two recruits coming in this class, so guys that he was solely responsible for, uh, for helping to bring in, the top two recruits are both defensive linemen. So that's, you know, the best two recruits coming into the program, rankings-wise, are guys that Chad Wilt was the primary guy on. Um, so I think that there's a, a lot to be excited about there. And of note, maybe to some of our listeners there, uh, Chad Wilt played at Taylor University in Upland, Indiana. His dad was the coach at Taylor University. So, uh, you know, possibly some common ground with Tom Allen there with, the, um, you know, Christian school dad to coach uh and you know maybe a bit of a, a common tie there that might make him a, a little bit better fit uh than, than charlton warren was i think the big thing though is this is a guy with a ton of experience in this area of the country yep. uh, something that, that charlton warren did not have which again iu recruits lots of places florida georgia you have to go there and get good players. So that's, you know, that's going to continue to happen no matter who it is, you would hope, but the coach and his family have to be comfortable where they are. Um, and that's Bloomington, that's central Indiana, that's, you know, the Midwest. Um, they've got to be comfortable with that. And there's no doubt that Chad Wilt clearly is uh, going to be comfortable with that. So I, I think there's a lot of things that on paper, make this a hire that really does make sense. The defensive line part, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, we can't really name, oh, candidate X, but I do think that switching Chad Wilt to linebacker tells you that Tom Allen has a guy in mind that he thinks he can get that he really wants for that specific position coach role. Yeah, uh, I, I that's connecting some dots, but I do think it's, you know, very possible that that's the case. And um, I mean, I can tell you, 
one name that it's not going to be that I saw, you know, Mark posted Hagen. on message boards. It's not going to be Mark Hagen, and it's not going to be Ed Ogeron. I can't believe people are legitimately wondering if that's something that would happen. I, I mean, I'll, I'll gladly, you know, come on here with our next podcast. If it is Ed Ogeron, I will gladly come on here say, Mia culpa, I was wrong for doubting you pie-in-the-sky people and, you know, yay raw and poop snowballs and dance around naked. I would gladly do that. But there's just no way that so, that is the guy that's going to be coming here to coach the defensive line. I'm uh, so happy but, home video call in. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, well, yeah. I said, I said I would happily do it. I didn't say anybody had to happily watch it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, that, um, I don't think I'll worry about it because it's not going to be at Ogeron. Yeah. Like, I, it's going to be a guy that we don't know. We'll have no clue whether it's going to work or not. I mean, let's be honest about that. We're not going to know. But Tom Allen, I think, clearly has somebody in mind uh, that he thinks would be a great fit for that particular spot, or I don't think you make the move uh, and have Chad Wilk coach the linebackers instead of yeah. defensive line. Or, you know, uh, but, you know, if you swing and miss on that guy, you can always move Wilk down to, to um, D-line coach too and be flexible that way. So, um, you know, Allen also coaches linebackers. He's been the linebackers coach in the past. So maybe it's one of those yeah. things where they, they both handle those duties and, and he helps them with the defensive coordinator duties and to try and lighten the load of, of the transition. So um, it, yeah. it's really interesting. So let's, let's get to the players, uh, the players here. Cause I, I think IU really came up, uh, nicely with with um, with Connor Bazelak and Jared Casey, the linebacker coming up, up from Kentucky, and uh, Miles Jackson, not Miles Jack, coming back from the NFL, um, but Miles Jackson out um, from UCLA. Uh, let's start with Bazelak. IU needed a quarterback once Michael Penix hit hit the uh, hit the portal, and it wasn't. It wasn't that they needed it because there was no talent left. I think Jack Tuttle and Donovan McCulley are very talented. I'd like to see them in an offense where the offensive coordinator tries to, like, scheme something up um, that's good and maybe has an offensive line who could block somebody without getting them hurt uh, and things like that and a quarterback coach who will develop them. But Connor Bazelak, he's a – He's a 2020 co-freshman of the year in the SEC. He's got a, a solid arm. He's decent at scrambling, but he's not a runner. Uh, and, and, you know, he's coming off a, a knee injury. At, I think it was at the, the beginning of the 2021 season, but he played in 11 games or a hamstring injury. Uh, something uh, hobbled him uh, at the, you know, during the year and, and things like that. But um, you know, this is a move. Indiana fans again were were clamoring for a quarterback change, and then all of a sudden they went, "No, no, 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 not that one." Um, so yeah. it, it's the, the the fan base one needs to take a full stop and take a deep breath um, because they did get 
a solid quarterback. Connor Bazelak is somebody that they recruited at a high school they're familiar with. They think they could work in their system with, um, you know, he, he's Missouri wasn't great, but they made a bowl game. They knocked off LSU in 2020. Um, you know, he's throwing, he completes a, a high rate of his passes as well, which is important. You know, even though he's yeah. thrown some interceptions and Walt Bell's offenses will kind of take care of that part. Uh, he's completing upwards you know, close to 65, 67% of his passes. And if you could do that, the playmakers IU brought in, your offense is going to be, uh, you know, solid. And he has, I think, three years left including the COVID year, three years left um, to play. So, you know, it's not a one and done type uh, portal get. I I like it. I think he'll compete for the job, but also my requisite for coming in was you need a guy who's going to, um, one, going to add depth, two, has experience, and three, is pretty good. And I think he checks all three boxes. Um for that, especially you're going to have Tuttle graduate after this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think him and McCulley really could be a nice one-two punch at the quarterback position for the next couple of years to get it before you get a guy in the 2023 class to, to bring him up uh, and things like that. So I, I, I like this transfer. I think it, it helps the offense a lot. Uh, we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, as well so as as we see as we saw last year time's going to tell but I think he has the tools to you know help revamp this offense and things like that what's your take on on Connor Basilic well I mean it it was always going to be a a difficult proposition to find somebody that was going to be you know slam dunk everybody's happy Um, you look at the names that were even remote possibilities. Uh, I think you had Cam Ward, who ends up going to Washington State. Um, you've got uh, Calzada, who goes to Auburn. He was scheduled to visit IU, but you know commits to Auburn after visiting there. Understandable. And you've got Connor Basilak. Those were kind of the three that were even floated out as possibilities. So you can you can kind of quibble between Calzada and Basilak as far as who you'd prefer, but I I don't think that IU necessarily had a choice between the two. I, I think it was hey Basilak is is on campus, he's visiting, we like him, he wants to commit, boom, there we go. Um, so I. I I'm not sure who you could have gotten that was going to please the masses, and that's that's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is who is going to be leading this team under center in 2022. I think Basilak probably enters spring ball as the favorite uh, to win that job. Um, I think it is very possible that Jack Tuttle gets healthy, picks up the system better than Basilak does. You know, it's going to be a new system for both of them. Uh, picks up the system better than Basilak does and beats him out. That's possible. However, I think if Basilak is healthy, 
I think he's my odds-on favorite to be the starter at the beginning of the year. The wild card, of course, is Donovan McCauley. He's got the best physical tools of this group, and it, it's possible that he progresses enough, picks up this system very quickly, gels with it for whatever reason, and you know it, it's too difficult to deny those physical tools, and he becomes the guy. Um, I think the one thing that, that we really need to see from Basilak is, is his knee healthy? Because I think that hindered a lot of his performance in 2021. Uh, he hurt that knee at the end of 2020, and it really hampered him throughout the year in 21, particularly his mobility in the pocket and his confidence in the pocket. Um, you look at his performance in 2020, he had some games that were really, really good. Um, I mean, you're looking at 34-51, 294, four touchdowns against Kentucky, uh, 346 with three touchdowns against Southeast Missouri, um, 303 yards on 30 completions at Boston College, 22 for 28 against Vanderbilt. Um, a lot of efficient, like you said, good accuracy, uh, what, what could cause this to not work out very well. Number one, his legs are not really a threat. He can pick up some yardage with his legs if the defense totally forgets about him and there's a wide open lane. He's not a statue. You know, he can stay mobile in the pocket uh, and evade pressure in the pocket. Again, if his leg's healthy, he can do that. And that's a big plus. But his legs are not going to be a weapon. And with IU's offensive line, if there's not progression there, uh, that's a problem. Um, the second issue, not the best deep ball, at least that we've seen. And you brought up a good point. This guy has three years left. There's a lot of growth that's potentially left there for him. Yep. Um, it's not like he's coming in as a, a one-year guy and this is who we got. Um, you know, the, the product that, that was there in 2021 from him is the exact same it's going to be in 2022. We don't know which one of these guys is going to, you know, get the Walt Bell system the best. We don't know which one of them is going to be healthy. I think it was critical that IU got a guy that has started before and that the coaches will feel comfortable running the offense with him out there. Um, he's going to be here for the spring. That's a big deal. And, yep. a, a, you know, necessity as well. So I, I, it makes a lot of sense. And it's a player, uh, Basilak's a player that I don't think he's a guy that you pick up and has opposing defenses quaking in their boots. You know, we want to be realistic about this. That's not the case. However, I think he is very capable of leading a winning team as the quarterback and with the pieces that IU has brought in to put around him and the speed that IU has brought in to put around him, I think the offense can be very successful with Connor Bazelak as quarterback. And so from that standpoint, you have to look at it as mission accomplished. Uh, they might still be pursuing high school quarterback options. There's not a whole lot out there. And I would say that if, there's not a slam dunk guy that you're really in love with. 
it does make more sense from the outsider standpoint to just take these four as your quarterback room plus walk on in Grant Grimmel as the fifth. Keep that as your quarterback room. Hope they can stay healthier than they did last year uh, and, and really aggressively go after somebody you do love in 2023. But uh, as you know, uh, as they say, we're not coaches, so that's going to be up to them. But yeah. um, I think mission accomplished on the on the quarterback standpoint on the portal side, and probably the best we could realistically have hoped for, really. Yeah, that's, you know, my thoughts exactly. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. <clears throat> Excuse me. On the uh, defensive side of the ball, IU picks up two more linebackers in Miles Jackson and Jared Casey uh, to kind of rebuild up that, um, that linebackers room. Uh, another point, TJ, you said Basilac's coming in early. IU will have 19 early enrollees this year. And I think that's, that's huge uh, in terms of trying to turn this, uh, this thing around again, Um, having 19 new players, uh, nine high school players and and 10, the 10 transfers so far uh, is huge. That's almost a 10th of, uh, you know, that's over a 10th of your roster is coming in for spring. Uh, so it should make for a very exciting spring. Uh, take us through the linebackers. Uh, you know, these are athletic guys coming in, um, in, in Jackson and, and Casey Jackson. Uh, they don't have their transfer ratings up there, but Casey was a four-star, uh, four-star recruit coming out of the Louisville area out of high school. And Miles Jackson uh, was a mid to high three-star uh, edge rusher coming out of high school as well. Uh, Jackson's going to play the bull. Um, he's out of, uh, I think it's, it's Hoshin, uh, Georgia, uh, Mill Creek there. He is going to be a redshirt sophomore. So he has multiple years left as well. Um, I think he gives IU a little different of a body over at, um, over at the edge position. He's 6'3", 248. Jared Casey, another 6'3", long guy, 232 uh, there. he He's a redshirt junior, so he has a couple years left. Um, just take us through both of them. Start with uh, Miles Jackson. Well, Miles Jackson, a, a player that I think you mentioned, a different body type than what IU has at that bull spot. Um, and that's something that we've noticed. Uh, kind of a shift they are looking when we you know you may have if you've been paying attention may have noticed oh he's going to play the bowl we we've said that about quite a few players that I use brought in here recently and that's because IU wants positional uh, flexibility and lineup flexibility from that position you know we cannot point to one specific body type and say that's what IU wants at the bowl spot uh, they are looking for different body types, different player types to fit there to give themselves flexibility. Um, that's something that I, I think Casey Teagarden and I would assume Tom Allen, you know, definitely both want Teagarden in charge of that, that spot. Um, so Miles Jackson, a player that, uh, you know, was highly thought of at UCLA. Chip Kelly spoke very highly of him. 
when he announced he was transferring. Uh, they were bummed out about it, but definitely understood he was hurt, uh, which kind of dropped him down because when he was out, a couple of guys performed quite well, and it was hard for, for Jackson to get back into that lineup. Uh, but, you know, he's got some good physical tools that I think are going to help. Jared Casey, uh, I thought this was a very, very big pickup because you mentioned this. He's got multiple years remaining, and that's one of the things that I think IU has done a really good job of in this portal. They've gotten some guys that are one-year players that are going to help. J.H. Uh, Tevis, I think he's probably – I mean, look, he'll he'll be in line to start on the defensive line. I I would, I don't know if he's going to start for sure, but he'll be in line for that. That's a big addition. It's a one-year guy. Sean Shivers, that is a player that you are absolutely going to have in the mix at running back, at, you know, slot receiver. You're going to put him on the field to make plays. That's a one-year guy. Bradley Jennings Jr. brought him in at linebacker veteran presence. He played a ton for Miami. He's going to be in the linebacker rotation. Is he going to start? Who knows? But he's going to be in that rotation, going to get playing time. That's a one-year guy. But a lot of these other guys that you brought in are multi-year players. They've still got multiple years left. You hope have lots of growth and potential left. Uh, And I think that's a really big deal and a nice job by the staff to get players like that. Uh, they're not just one-year rentals, if you will. They are players that you hope are going to come into your program, get a chance to to play a different role, play a bigger role, uh, or just you know be in a, a different setting and hopefully a better culture for them than where they came from, and grow within your program and contribute in 2022. Of course, you don't bring them in expecting them not to, but also in the future as well. And I balance those classes out. Um, and I think Jared Casey is a player that a uh, little bit of a, a bigger linebacker uh, at, at 6'3", 232. Um, I think that he has ability to play both spots, uh, but it, it does seem like he might be a little bit better suited um, to line up, you know, maybe next to a Cam Jones instead of, uh, you know, taking a Camp Jones's place. But um, I, I think that they're both very good additions, not just for this year, but I think that that multi-year uh, eligibility they've got left is really a big deal. Yeah, um, it is. And, and it's going to, again, they're both in for spring. It's going to rebuild that back that room. Uh, you know, you hope Cam Jones is back too. He hasn't officially announced it that I've seen, but right. um, you know, it, it you need you need linebacker depth, and that's something that IU I, yeah. I think Charlton Warren didn't do a good job of was playing the depth, and you saw guys you saw guys leave. Uh, you saw Ty Wise leave. You saw DK Bonham leave. And they were solid players. Uh, so James maybe Miller. James Miller, another guy um, who left as well. So it's uh, it's not. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just, it, it, we'll at, see. Look at the guys that are brought in here. Just on the 
on the transfer side, up front, you've got Patrick Lucas, Ladarius Cox, both from Ole Miss. You've got J.H. Tevis, all-pack 10 guy uh, from Cal, and then Miles Jackson on, at, the, at the bowl. That's just the, the transfers that were brought in. Yeah. Um, you're also bringing in Isaiah Jones at linebacker um, and Caden Turner at linebacker. And then up front, bringing in Richard Thomas. Uh, see if I've got – I know I'm missing – somebody uh Vincent Sneed and Dominique James so I mean that's that's a lot of talent being added to that front seven um I or front six depending on your your formation but I I think that there was definitely a recognition that that group did not do enough, despite the superlative performance from Mike McFadden and a really good year from Cam Jones, that group overall just didn't get the job done in 2021. It, it was not good enough. And it's an area that Tom Allen uh, takes pride in and knows that they've got to be tougher there. And they brought in, in the transfer portal and in the high school class, a number of players that they're going to expect to make early impacts. Um, I think that the focus just on that front six, uh, it's going to pay off hopefully right away um, because there's some players here that I, I think um, can make a big difference. You know, I heard um, Todd Blackledge was on uh, some radio show or TV show or something previewing the Georgia-Alabama game and uh, you know, one of the things he said was that when you look on the screen, you're going to see a bunch of grown men with big old legs and big old asses that can move like they are the best athletes out there. And I'm not suggesting that I use got those guys, but I do think they have upped their level of athlete and size and player with this incoming group over what they had a year ago. Uh, whether that pays off on the field, we're going to see. Yeah. And uh, speaking of on the field, TJ, there might be some news coming down the pipe on Wednesday, um, January 12th, with a, I think rumors that there's a revised Big Ten schedule coming out uh, for the football season. Uh, if there, there was a thing on the Peaks board that the season tickets uh, that looks like uh, the opener against Northwestern has been switched and it will be Illinois instead. Um, I, I don't know if the road schedule is the same or different on that. So um, we'll see. Uh, keep, uh, keep your ear to the ground tomorrow. Uh, and things like that, I, I, I mean, it, it's it's better than getting Wisconsin, but um, you know, yeah. it's definitely uh, different. I think if it is, if that is the change, uh, it is because, as we've mentioned before, Northwestern is opening the season uh, in Dublin in Week Zero against Nebraska, and they like to have some space between. Uh, that open week, uh, second open week after that trip. 
so people could come back and get back uh, on their time zone and things like that. So uh, we shall see. Um, so anyway, TJ, that does it for tonight's show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're sorry that Matt Weaver couldn't uh, join us today, but we'll have him on again soon. He's always uh, up for a podcast as well. So um, thanks. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, as always, that our, your your support means a lot to us, and uh, we, we do appreciate it. So uh, Hoosier Huddle is going to keep putting up stuff. We'll have um, whatever this revised Big Ten schedule is. We'll react to that uh, and get an article up on it. And then I would assume defensive line coach uh, hire will be made at some point in the near future, and we'll discuss that as well. So until next time, we do appreciate it. And uh, stay safe, everybody. All right. That does it for tonight's podcast. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at HoosierHuddle, at Hoosier underscore Huddle, uh, for all the IU news as well. We'll continue our State of the Rooms uh, as well. That series, uh, it's been fun to write and fun to uh, read as well. We were just waiting for some dominoes to drop there to continue that. Uh, And they have, so we will continue that here in the next couple weeks and then we have spring ball starting uh in mid-march we'll preview that take you through that as well um so and then before you know it it'll be time for the countdown to kick off and through to the summer so i uh, enjoy uh enjoy the uh first day of the official off season of college football in 2022 uh there is going to be Still so much news coming out. Spring football is going to be exciting. So stay with us. Uh, Enjoy uh, the non-football time as well. Thank you. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough. 
to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.